back hi everyone uh we have an awesome guest today from metavault steve welcome it's great to have you um you are one of the founders the founder tell us a bit about yourself tell us about what it is that you guys are doing welcome it's great to have you and it's good to connect with you finally thank you nice to meet you So tell us a bit about what it is that you guys have been doing and your 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 time spent in crypto. Tell us a bit about yourself and you know where the idea idea came from in terms of setting up MetaVault. Uh, first of all, I'm in crypto science. Early 2015, 14. Uh, mostly it was uh, programming payment gateways for online shops and some other clients. Also, my background is more from gambling, and uh, it was needed that we uh, integrate crypto payments inside gambling sites like sport betting books or casinos as the regulations in certain countries uh, make it impossible for many casinos, online casinos, to onboard users after. So the vehicle was crypto in this case. So my first touch ground was uh, like, a, you know, payment integration uh, developer. Uh, later, you know, when you're in crypto, <laughs> you're studying the technology, the idea behind. And so you're getting more and more deep inside. Uh, and I think that's one of the issues of the developer at the moment. So they are too focused on development or on technology. But uh, if you want onboard users to, let's say, Web3, you need to look behind, you know, your idea or the technology. Um, then... Our team, uh, you, you know, we are developing uh, sport books and B2B uh, casino sites, normal for Web2. Then the idea was, hey, let's build a Web3-based sport books. But in the end, uh, when we're speaking about derivatives or gambling, for me, it's the same. It's the same logic, you know. On one side, you have binary options. It's, for me, it's gambling up or down, you know. It's the same like you are making a sport books bet. If you say, okay, Real Madrid will win or, you know, Barcelona will, will win. Uh, for this, yeah, at this moment at the market, uh, as we started to go inside their rates, uh, there was only two or three actors on the market. It was Perpetual, MC Dex, but uh, they get exploited, GMX, Preferred Gambit, and don't let me lie, uh, Synthetics, but there was no launch yet, so... Uh, we looked inside the GMX and, uh, model and we, I was one of the early investors of GMX and one of the largest liquidity provider at the launch at Arbitrum. So we had a deeper look inside and then I approached the GMX team, uh, X, you know, and then I, I told them, hey, let's make a joint venture or we want to fork you, but it uh, should be a friendly fork. We want to give allocations or chairs of this platform to GMX so that you understand that we have no debate bad behavior behind. Uh, then X told me it's better for us or generally to build not this same system with the tokenomics, more like Olympus and GMX mix. Um, like, you know, to having no sell pressure or buy pressure on the GMX token side, it's better to have a bonding mechanism which is feeding the treasury, what the treasury is then in this case is GLP. So uh, we start developing, that's what uh, the birth of MVD token itself, you know, 
and the arbitrary or let's say the second layer is MVX token for this. So uh, this is why the tokenomics of MVD and MVX are you know correlated with other and are difficult to understand. And as we understand that is this is the difficulty that the investors will be you know maybe afraid or don't understand the system at all. We decided to pivot away from this bonding mechanism to the MVLP directly. And then um, in this future conversations with the GMX team, uh, it was say, okay, um, you can deploy a fork, we will help you technically, and uh, they give us some insight where we need to, you know, look inside where the difficulties are or where the critical points to deploy a GMX fork is easy. Uh, the problem is to maintain and to understand the risk management, to understand which settings can lead to losses for the LPs or can harm your protocol itself. Um, then we deployed on Polygon. Why we decided for Polygon is a crazy thing. Uh, our deployment plans and uh, structure was March last year. And then when you can remember, it was the time as Terra Luna collapsed. So uh, MVD itself was on Phantom. We migrated to Ethereum mainnet. The main, uh, this decision made for Polygon POS chain was at this state, there was only three, four chains left where you can deploy. One was BSC chain. The second was Polygon. The third one was uh, Arbitrum and Ethereum mainnet. Ethereum mainnet was not you know, suitable as the gas fees was too high. Arbitrum, GMX was already there. So BNB chain had infrastructure issues with nodes and RPCs. So the only thing left was for us Polygon to deploy. And at this stage last year, Polygon was a good choice. But when I, you know, looking now, Polygon is not anymore a good choice to deploy any DeFi product as there was no chains like Optimism or Metis and some other Boba and what all else popping up last times. So uh, it was involvement uh, why we deployed or how the, the process of MetaWorld was at the beginning. So, so you've obviously presented so much. I mean, in terms of your, your introduction, so thanks. That's more like a thesis around an introduction because <laughs> <laughs> um, which has made my job, my job obviously today a lot easier. But at the same time, there's so many layers to, you know, what it is that you presented in terms of your, your background and, and, and obviously your, your experience in the space. So one thing that, that kept on coming up for me is that, you know, Steve really does have tremendous amount of experience around the fundamentals. What, what I really liked about what you said is that, you know, it's, it's either up or down. And in your mind, that's, that's no different to any form of gambling. Sure. There's risk management. Sure. There's all these things, but the fundamentals are, are actually the same. And I, I never thought of it that way, you know? So thanks for sharing that. I think that's a lot of wisdom in that. And clearly your experience has revealed that. Um, so let's look at, you know, MetaVault from the top down and, and I think you essentially presented quite a lot of 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 kind of like where it started. And the GMX fork thing is very interesting for me because a lot of the time, you know, forks are kind of like a they're almost like a far cry from the original. 
you know, and, and what I see with Metavolt is quite the opposite. I see that you forked it, but you've made it also in many ways better. Um, obviously, you guys need to now walk the path and prove it. But from a from a from a builder's perspective, I get the feeling that there's a lot of aspects here that are better than what GMX has put out there. And maybe not better per se in terms of you know the, the profitability. Obviously, that needs to happen. But in terms of the execution, I do get the feeling that it might be a better version of what GMX has put out there. I'm not familiar with what with what version two of GMX looks like. I mean, we, we're yet to get a full insight into that. But right now, you guys have got quite a few aspects that are on the on the boil with regards to this fork. Can you just kind of get into the detail of like what the differences are from the original kind of like GMX and where you guys are now? And by all means. I'd like for you to talk about, you know, bets as well, because that's another part of this whole thing. Because at the end of the day, it's almost like you guys are creating, you know, like this network and you're hoping to get this network effect. Uh, okay, about the JMX fork. Uh, as I'm self-involved in JMX community and most of our team is also involved as investors and, you know, uh, it was easy to understand the, not the weak points, but the user experience points, which many people asking in GMX was like the compounding directly into GLP back. So it, uh, we looked to the feasibility and it was easy to implement, you know, that you can compound directly your earnings back into GMX or to GLP. Um, then there was many requests about, let's say, TradingView Pro integration. Not everybody has this, but uh, when we looking one year back, uh, we was the first one integrated uh, TradingView Pro charting or charting lining uh, into the chart in the D app. Then some other points like people was uh, upset that uh, when I'm having a limit order or let's say take profit or stop loss order, I'm getting back my collateral. Um, what we changed was you can even select in a limit order what kind of asset you want to get back after your limit order is triggered. So most things we are done was like, you know, we're using the engine and the chassis of GMX, but changing the carousel, you know, it's more like we're adding new features, uh, a new door and uh, adding more specific things to the car, like new rims, no new tires. So that's better to run or drive this car. Uh, but in the end, we understand that to improve the GMX model itself is very difficult as the technology was outdated. Uh, it's like more, the smart contracts are written very difficult. It's very, the dependencies between the smart contracts, the interactions itself are very expensive because they are gas incentive. So uh, after this, we decided to not make much updates anymore on the actual version. Uh, we are working behind, like JMX working on V2 on the compl completely new approach with that we are more using and want to more aggregate between the perps. So you don't need to maintain more liquidity for yourself. So you're utilizing your competitors, but in the end, they are not competitors. That's like on spot books. When you have three, four different spot books, nobody knows that the bookmakers in behind are, you know, passing the bets with each other to de-risk or de-leverage or, you know, um, 
having more access to more liquidity for for sport betting. So it's like you know we have Yedi, we have Metal World, we have GMX sport books. So Yedi can only accept let's say uh, one million bets. Uh, Steve can accept ten million bets, and GMX can accept one hundred million bets. Yedi actually at the moment will say okay after one million bets I cannot accept more bets. But with this aggregation model, it's easy to pass the bets to me or to GMX. So you can accept more bets at this at the stage. So uh, and also you know the open interest issues we have is that when many people are long, you need to de-risk you know with short openings. The actual models don't allow this, but when you have like a market maker, we call this bookmakers and betting. With aggregation, you can solve this. So when you have too much longs, you can get aggregated shorts because your funding rates will be positive or negative. And also, the general idea is to improve the user experience. But in the end, all competitors not JMX or not gains or not Eruada, and so all competitors are the sex, you know, the centralized exchange. They offer better user experience for the guys, for all traders. So this is what we need to onboard. So uh, I'm I'm not in this that I say I need to compete with each perpetual trading decks. You know that they are not my enemies. So I want to utilize them and improve their user experience. That I can say, okay, look, you can trade on Metal World, but you're utilizing all these perpetuals. And our goal is then to build on top of this aggregator the best user experience with trading stop, uh, auto break even, let's say cross margin trading and and and. So that's so how. Our- yeah. So how is how is MetaVault going to essentially create a form of aggregation with other DEXs? Is there where does that synergy come in? Where does that liquidity overlap? Is there an overlap of liquidity? Is that what you are are aiming to achieve? How does this mechanism what mechanism have you guys put in place in order to potentially achieve something like this? Uh, there was some difficulties uh, generally in the logic behind. So let's say uh, at G-Trade gains, you're getting NFT position on GMX. Uh, only the message sender are allowed to open a position. So you need to build proxy contracts between uh, or the queries of the fees, uh, the outputs are easy to get. But in the end, you, you, you need to give the owner, so to you, the right to open and close the position. So the proxy behind some of the protocols was not able to allow this as security measures, but you need to build around this uh, security measures. So it's like Max does, you know, Mux, I think, on Arbitrum already aggregating between gains and uh, their yes, own. Yes, and GMX. So they've got their own, they've got GMX, and they've got. Um... And they've got gains, the gains, GMX, and their own. And then they're obviously using, yeah. This is, you know, that's a good approach. But then uh, you are, you know, chain related. So, and um, we have the other problem issue is here that the whole control is in the MAX protocol. When you open an aggregated trade on Metal World Aggregator, you will also allowed to trade after this on, let's say, GMX. You don't need to interact with our interface anymore. You can do this, but you are not, you know, forced to do this. So, um, also the aggregation, and normally, you know, in swaps are that you can say, okay, 10% of the swaps are routed through GMX and 80% through Uniswap. Uh, this one of the other issues. So, uh, 
you know, when you want to get the best quotes, you maybe need to split the trade between different protocols. Also, the calculation base with all lower fees, you know, everybody have different logics behind the calculation of margin fees. So the one is hiding the margin fees with spreads. The other one is charging larger margin fees, but he charging less, let's say, open closing positions. So this calculations and generally how the disk fees can change over time. Uh, you know, we know that people are complaining, okay, I opened the trade, the margin fees was low, but now actually I'm getting charged more and I need to get liquidated. And the other ones, what we are targeting was cross-chain. So uh, it's easy normally with a bridge to interact between on cross-chain messaging. So actually when you have your funds on Ethereum, you need to first bridge to Arbitrum and then swap and trade and then go yeah. back to Ethereum. So, yeah. But with cross-chain messaging, you know, you can do this from Ethereum side. So your position is handled on Arbitrum, but your control is on Ethereum. So you can open a trade on Ethereum, the message passing through the cross-chain layers and executing on the off-chain keepers executing on uh, Arbitrum for you in your behalf. And then you have the control on the Arbitrum side. But you don't need to switch your chain or bridge yourself because it can be done in the background. So that's what we are building, uh, built with uh, economy and uh, some other actors. But so is that a... Yeah. Is that a layer zero solution or is that something that's completely kind of innovative? Layer zero, uh, multi-chain, any router and uh, block uh, economy itself. So we are not relaying only on one, you know, wormholes else integrated. So you need the redundancies between. So when of one of them, you know, so to say, fucked up, then you have a backup, backup for this. Yeah. So Steve, would you describe yourself as a, as a compulsive builder? Because I mean, it's, it seems like it's kind of like you seeing where the opportunity is and you like saying, well, screw it. I don't need to go and partner with somebody else. I'll partner with somebody else that can add value, but I'll ultimately just build it myself. I'm more like uh, that I want to partner, you know. I don't need ah, to okay. invent a new wheel, you know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. What I see in, in the crypto space is that many developers building the same and same, same, you know, instead working together, you know, it's uh, distribution is more important than, you know, to say, okay, I was the guy built this, you know, it's not important. But in the end, you, we have, everybody have the same issue. We have, we have to, we have resources for developers. We have resources, funding, marketing, and, and, and so I don't need to attract myself liquidity because this is one of the most expensive parts in crypto at the, at the moment so so that then, was going to be that was going to be my next question but just carry on i want to ask you about liquidity because I mean, that's like you said it's the most expensive thing but just carry on just go just carry on with what you were going to say so when let's say you have 10 developers you can spend this 10 developers to build a new product which is the other team is building too and the next team is building too or you can say okay i will utilize this product built from G-Trade, for example. Yeah, yeah. And I will spend my developer to improve on top of this. So it's, you know, when G-Trade building and you see some parts, uh, parts you can improve, which mm -hmm. can also benefit the G-Trade team, yes, gain stream. So you can say, okay, guys, you're building the engine and I'm building the better front end and, you know, with better trading experience and, and, and so in the end, both parties benefiting for this, and you you need to 
don't need to spend double the time for the same, let's say, product. So it's much better, you know, let's say the buffer partnership, you know, the buying options. Yeah, we can make it our own, but in the end, what's the value, you know, to spend months of development time when you can say, hey, buffer, let's make a partnership. <laughs> yeah, totally. What would you say your strengths are? Kind of like as a as someone who's heading this project, what would you say your strengths are and what would you say your weaknesses are as an individual? Yeah. My strengths are I'm likely you no know, workhorse. I'm never tired and I'm never upset and uh, very cool. My weak points are mostly I'm not so much in Deegan, you know. <laughs> Many people say, hey, Steve, you need to more Deegan, you know, you need to attract the crypto traders. You are too technically or you yes. are too based on business decisions, you know. Um, so I'm too fair for the market sometimes. They're saying, you know, you need to be yes. more, a bit asshole, more asshole than you are, you know. So that's the issue. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's entirely true. I mean, if you look at um, like CoinFlip from GMX, I mean, he's one, of the, he's one of the most pleasant guys I've ever met in this industry. And it seems like, you know, he's made some great decisions. And I don't think he's done it because... You know he's been he's he's been an asshole or anyone unpleasant. I think there's definitely room for good people in the space. I don't I don't agree with you on that. I think what it comes down to is if you had to ask me what I think primarily drives any protocol is you oh. need a personality or personalities within that, and you need the community behind those personalities. That's where the real kind of thing comes. That doesn't mean that a good product without a personality doesn't do well. There's a lot of protocols out there that don't have big personalities. But the ones that do especially well almost always have like big personalities and they can be good guys. You know, I know a lot of great CEOs and founders out there who are super cool guys, um, you know, who just love what they do. And, and that's great, you know, but I think community is number one. And if you can get community behind your product and you can reward your community so that's that's one thing like you know there's always been this complaint around polygon and around solana that you know like there's just generally complaints i mean i don't i don't i personally don't have complaints but i hear a lot of people complaining and and someone that i, I respect very much said that the reason why people complain is because those protocols haven't minted enough millionaires and I, I laughed at it when I first heard it, but it's true. And the same goes for protocols, is that good protocols are the protocols that have minted a few millionaires along the way. And they have created, you know, the loyalty and, and the demand. And that's, if there's one thing that I think really works, is that look after your community, reward them, and the rest will just come to you. Um which leads me on to my next question, which potentially could make a lot of people wealthy in terms of, of, of Meta, Meta Vault. And that's not just from trading, but in terms of your tokens and the tokenomics around it. You did speak to MVD and MVX and the differences. Can you just talk about the two tokens and you know what their function is? The MVD token is like the OM, GOM token, but without any inflation, you know. So there's no rewarding 
in forms of MVD when you're holding MVD. It's more like the treasury assets are invested into the subsidiary product protocols and the rewards are paid out in real yield and the treasury is increasing because part of the incomes are invested back into the subsidiaries, which helping uh, to be independent and have a flywheel effect against external investors. So you are, you know, self-sufficient. Um, so you have yeah. no inflation, real yield payments. So uh, you get dividends of it and uh, the treasury can, or the, the tokenomics are based that new MVDs only are minted when the treasury is growing with inflow. So when you're bonding or you're buying MVD, you're feeding the treasury. It's like a treasury LP token, yes, with a premium payment and the voting power because uh, it's holding large parts of its treasury in its own subsidiaries, you know. MVD is one of the largest investors in MVX itself. This is okay. why even low fee generation times or low volatility times, uh, the MVL people is not going down so fast. So you can see on much platforms when there's no incentive to hold the LP, many people withdraw the liquidity and then the protocol cannot regain again this liquidity. On MVX, you will see that the liquidity have a you know base ground and then it's growing and going down, but there's every time enough liquidity in the market for us, you know. So even when the volatility is kicking back, so we can say, okay, we have this liquidity there. Maybe it's not it ideally for the investors of MVD at the beginning, but uh, when you want to grow your subsidiaries, you need to first, you know, feed them and support them. So the second one is we have MVX is like the JMX token, but um, it's the same JMX token, but we have a protocol liquidity. JMX have a floor price fund and we say, okay, this floor price fund is invested back into MVX and the rewards are amplifying the normal fee generation. So MVX itself have a treasury, which is invested into MVLP and uh, let's say in the binary option. And these rewards are paid 100% back to the MVX staker. So we are not only relying on uh, the own fee generation for this event. Um, also, the supply itself is very limited of MVX. So we have, mm -hmm. let's say, to, uh, theoretically 10 million supply, but in the end, it's only 2.2 million in circulation. And there will be not added over time or we are not inflating the supply. It's more like, you know, we are giving out escort MVX. You can stake them or you can invest them. But you know yourself that this escort JMX model, it's very slow inflation rates and uh, theoretic theoretically it's not possible to reach any time the max supply of MVX. So when you're holding your MVX, you get the multiplier points and escort MVX and we are staking them, your fee power, we call this, is increasing. So we are incentivizing our investors to hold and, you know, giving them more rewards after and after. But <clears throat> at this stage, actually, we are on Polygon Post, and I need to be honest, you know, there's no activity. So most activity are coming from bots, no real users, you know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know numbers coming of active users. I mean, maybe they are bot wallets or they're botting these numbers. Um, when you compare this with Arbitrum Optimism, you know, Polygon is like a death chain at the moment. So our main goal is not to deploy on many changes possible because the whole idea is with cross-chain uh, perpetual aggregation where we will benefit from uh, affiliate and referral commissions. So it's much easier well, to maintain and uh, increase the utilization of everyone. 
I think the 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 whole point of a bear market is to <laughs> is to kind of like rinse out everything, right? And I think we've seen that. I think Polygon was was definitely one of those ecosystems that was very much about the noise as opposed to the the practicality of you know what was going on. Um, you know, what are the fundamentals of Polygon? I can't really think of any at the moment. Um, you know, whereas Arbitrum, there's there's so much there. You know, it's it's essentially an extension of Ethereum. Um, that's why you guys are doing what it is that you're doing, and the decision to move away from Polygon. But why did you guys originally go to Polygon? What was the the incentivization and rationale around that? We had never any uh, grants from them or else. It was you know there was three chains to select, four chains, but the one chain was JMix already. Uh, as we launched, there was no optimism. You know. There was no uh, other chains. Uh, so Phantom was deaf, you know. Andre Corona leave Phantom, so the chain was collapsing. Uh, BNB chain, BSC chain at this moment had a bad infrastructure. They had no issues. So it was not easy to operate as you will get front run, you know, because the people can sandwich your price updates and your keepers. So there was only two selection methods, Ethereum mainnet or Polygon. But Ethereum mainnet, you know, you cannot, the gas fees are too high run this operation as is because you need to push your prices yourself the oracles needs to be maintained so and when you have no users you cannot pay 50k months for price updates you know it's not uh, this will be not how to explain <laughs> the operation cost will uh, overwhelm your income yeah it's not sustainable i mean that's essentially what it is yeah so th this um, was why we go to polygon and, and Again, at, as we launched, Polygon was a good decision because it was stable, one of the largest De DeFi chains. But now, one year later, I would say I will never deploy on Polygon. And then, obviously, are you guys essentially considering Arbitrum as your base now? That's like where you will run operation from and then do the cross-chain and cross-chain liquidity from from Arbitrum, or are you looking at Ethereum to do that? No, we're looking to Ethereum mainnet because it's the main mothership. You know, all to, all layer yeah. tools depending on uh, Ethereum. And when you're on Ethereum, you can use all layer tools: zk Sync, zk EVM, uh, Arbitrum, Optimism. All of them, you know, are mostly based on Ethereum mainnet. And the In mostly Ethereum mainnet. You know, we don't need to forget. Yeah, and in terms of cost, though, what is the, the cost implication of doing that from a gas perspective? It will not be much because we are working on a Web 2.5 solution, you know, where only the state change are submitted on-chain. And the most part is uh, with chaining automation uh, doing on the off-chain part. So this actual model where you need to interact with the blockchain and confirm transaction will be less. So we are reducing all the steps you're making on-chain to the, yeah. you know, needed ones. So you can open a position like on Binance, direct opening the position. Only when you're closing the position, the state change are submitted on-chain. So you have a record on-chain and you know only the state, like zero knowledge, you know that the state change are only submitted to layer one. Mm. So we will have a layer two on top of this whole protocol, which is operated off-chain, but you know proved and approved from Chainlink. So their, their decentralized network is holding this off-chain components. 
And from an Oracle's perspective, I mean, how do you then from the, the, the Oracle's and the pricing, is, is that kind of integrated into that or is that separate? Uh, it's integrated into that. Uh, we are working with Pipe Network, with Chainlink, and with API Free. So we are aggregating all fees, all free prices. Okay. In terms of obviously the 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 fork aspect, because it's it's so weird. Because like just chatting to you about what it is that you guys are doing, it's like it's almost so far removed from like what GMX is and. But I still, I mean, I accept that it's obviously a fork, and there's there's a whole lot of dynamics that are there. How does GMX feel in terms of you guys now being, you know, obviously present on Arbitrum itself? You know, when you're at Polygon, it's kind of like you're on the other side of the, the border per se, but now you're in the same area. How is that being managed and and are things cool from, from both sides in terms of that dynamic? Uh, first of all, MVX itself is not on Arbitrum. So Metal Trade is actually not based on Arbitrum. It's more like the MVD, okay. token, the MVD tokenomics. Um, but with the new aggregation model, uh, we will utilize GMX2. So uh, we will not be competitive. We will be like one inch of all DEXs on top. So so that's actually the vision. Like, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the vision, right? That we want to be a one inch of of DEXs. That's what you're looking to do. That's correct. Yeah, we are We are nearly finished. You know, only thing we need to make the this interface now happen. We have some bugs left, so... and. Uh, that's why we are where we cried last times. <laughs> so uh, it's more like we are on the QA perspective and the partnership with Quicksop is uh, using a lot of resources at the moment too. Yeah, so, yeah. Tell us about your, your multi-asset pools and, and obviously the, the price impact theory that, that's, that you guys, or not theory, but the, this, this, it is a unique product that you guys have built. Is that right? Um, the multi-asset pool is the GLP pool. Yes, it's uh, yes. It's more like you have a vault where all the assets are stored, and the pricing mechanism is based on oracles. So you setting up the you know, min amounts, max amounts, and uh, the prices are coming from the oracle itself. So it's not like the VMM or AMM model. So, um, but this price impact have positive and negative aspects uh, we need to be honest um the new model will not have this multi-asset pool anymore it will be like a balance of vault where you can add your asset you want desired into the vault and uh, it's like the utilization will say how much you will earn as liquid provider but um again my main our own main target is not to be the liquidity hub itself it's more like be the DeFi hub on top of all and bring the best user experience to them. In terms of your your loyal customers, how do you guys plan on rewarding them? <clears throat> At the moment, we are launching a Pachi NFT program where the loyal customers will get NFT collections. Uh, on top of this, you know, the reward system itself is uh, rewarding them very hard. So with multiplier mm. points, more escort MVX they can stake or West. So um, also we are adding more and more partnerships and uh, we are working in the background with like a B2B provider for Quicksort, for example. So Quick Quicksort Perpetual will launch soon and uh, MVX staker will get part of the fees. So it's not even there, you know, MVX is not only related then to MV, Metal World Trade's success anymore. 
So they will get incomes from multiple external protocols, which we we are the backend provider, and then the MX taker will get the earnings from it. Okay, so the products just going back a little bit in terms of the products that you guys offer at the moment. You've got spot, you've got perps, you've got binary options. Is there anything else? Steve? I can't hear you if you are saying something. Like keep people and maintaining the proto protocol and this part uh, of it. Steve, can you repeat the answer? Sorry, I'll just I'll <clears throat> I'll edit it. I'm just gonna make a note. Um so in terms of the products, just answer the question again. Because I lost okay, you. Okay, uh, uh we have Metabol trade with binary option and perpetual trading and spot trading. Yes. Behind this, um we are building uh, we have a SaaS company for Spotbox, which is feeding the treasury of MVD and paying the developers. So that's nobody knows normally why how this funding happens for MetaWorld. You know, we are not having any team allocations which are liquid or we have no funding rounds or seed rounds or private sales. So we have a SaaS company which is funding the whole operation. So then beside of this, we have metal trade, we have binary options with the, this, what's coming now is zero expats, uh, which will also come. And also we have two partnerships with large players, which are launching our own perpetual. It's like a white labeled metal trade and MVX will get also from there, the fees. Okay. Binary options. Are people using the binary options or is that slow to to take at the moment um as the binary options are on polygon at the moment um okay it's uh, they are using us but the usage is very low and uh, because i i testing myself multiple times and user experience very bad your transaction needs say large times to execute also the gas fees actually elevated on polygon like on ethereum so that's the main issue at the moment with polygon so but with DK Sync and other deployments, it will fix. Also, the new model will be the same. We will de uh, deploy soon the new binary option where the people have account abstraction and don't need to interact with the blockchain every time. Okay. And in terms of the, the, the perps aspect of the business? Uh, the business actually is on Polygon. Uh, the partner we are launching next week on ZKVM, Polygon ZKVM. Um, yes. Also on Kava, the large grants, and uh, our own deployment as MetaWorld on ZK Sync is soon too. ZK Sync one interests me because obviously, like any new ecosystem, you know, you get all the the scams coming in and the rest of it, but you've been quite headstrong around getting in there and, and setting your roots quite firmly into that ecosystem. What has your, your experience been so far in terms of essentially just onboarding and, and, you know, like navigating what ZK Sync has to offer? Uh, first of all, Metal Labs are very honest. Um, they are quite communicate and uh, cool. support yes um 
Great. About the scams and rocks popping up, that's normal, you know, it's crypto. Yeah. So it's crypto, even yeah. Yeah. on Merlin Dex, we had the LP position there and they get rocked. So it yeah. will be soon. But um, in the end, even, you know, we as developer looking inside and, you know, negotiating and due diligence, we can hit from this. But it's the same like, you know, on BNB, on Arbitrum, where there's money, there's also, you know, bad actors. So mm. my main perspective is that ZK Sync will get large adaption later on. And there's still not everything yet, yet done, you know, that's the alpha version. So I think ZK Sync have a very good, great future and uh, the opportunity that people maybe can farm the airdrop like on Arbitrum will help to increase this adoption and uh, usage. I, I enjoy your perspective around that. So thanks thanks for your thoughts around ZK Sync because I initially was quite dismissive of it. You know, I was like, no, this is not really, you know, there's been a lot of hype prior to it. And then, you know, there's, there was launch and then obviously tons of scams and, and the whole thing. And then I saw that you guys were obviously planning to launch and I was... And I was like, that's interesting. And just hearing you speak now, it's 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 cool because what it's saying is that it's like obviously first to market is as you know, probably better than anyone. First to market and especially in an ecosystem is is key. I mean, if you establish yourself early on, you really do afford yourself the opportunity for for a lot a better chance at success. Um and then secondly it's cool to hear that you are optimistic about the fact that there is a very good chance that ZK Sync will be one of the bigger ecosystems and you kind of putting your, your money where your mouth is. So we're obviously going to keep a close eye on that and good luck, sir. I hope it works out. Um, Thank you. And yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's the sentiment with a lot of people. I mean, I, I interviewed someone around, you know, building it's they haven't said anything yet, it's not anything official, but they were looking to build on ZK Sync and it's well they have been and they're like just saying that, you know, we need to get there first. If we get there first, doesn't matter what happens in the first six to twelve months, even longer than that, as long as we're in first, we'll be good, you know, for the long term. Um so there's a lot of people out there who feel that ZK Sync has got its place. Yeah, let me explain thing. let me explain this way. ZK technology is where we difficult to understand for the people mm. yes actually the gas fees are high transaction times can take time but uh, when you understand zk technology more usage brings less fees so it's the opposite of all other roll-ups you know so yeah when the transactions tps increasing on other chains the gas fees increasing on ck is the opposite direction so with mm. more usage we will have better scaling with zk and um, yeah. all the scams and all these rocks and you know bad quality products actually on ZK Sync are because people position there very fast. But when we remember the first days of Arbitrum and GMX, it was the same. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. In terms, in terms of the practicality of essentially deploying on any ecosystem based on the foundational or the development that you guys have put in, in place, is it something that would be quite easy to do in inverted commas? So if you, for example, there was a roll-up and you guys saw an opportunity to go there, it was another 
um, say ETH L2 or whatever the case is, is it a case of plug and play? Um, no. Or do you still have to go through quite a lengthy process? That's a very lengthy process as, you know, mm. Oracle needs to be fitting. The EVM version, yeah. the general infrastructure with nodes, RPCs, and, you know, subgraph, uh, you know, it's even when there are large grants and incentives, it's, uh, you know, very hard to deploy. It's not like I'm deploying a V2 fork of Uniswap, you know, yeah. where yeah, yeah. simply deploy the contracts and uh, nobody cares about the rest, you know, where the subgraph is on. Mm. We have keepers and, you know, you need backups. When one node is glitching or, you know, one subgraph is not working properly, you cannot say to your trader, okay, sorry, your position was dismissed, you know, it's not working this way. Or... Your liquidator is not able because the infrastructure is, you know, glitching at, at this moment. So it's uh, this whole perpetual trading, you know, the risks are leveraged with it too. So you need to consider, you know, is there a reliable oracle, you know, when you see that the new L2s uh, aren't chaining and the trusted oracles are there, it's hardly to deploy there. So um, because, you know, there are some different Oracle systems, but I don't trust them because their market maker are submitting prices. So it's not, you know, <laughs> you cannot trust the market maker. So, um, you know, when the price publisher, a market maker, it's easy for them, you know, even when there's only minimal, up, uh, you know, offset in the prices, they can manipulate everything or front run you. So that's why we are waiting for every time to deploy only when there's, you know, a reliable partner for deploying this. We want, don't want to rely on our own price feeds and uh, we want to partner as a reference price for this too. So we, because um, I don't want the incident, you know, like other perpetual trading exchange suffered with Oracle exploits. Yeah, I think, I think the, the need for a network effect within, I think any protocol is, is almost like a necessity now and especially with dexes you know it's like partnering with the right protocols is key um it obviously takes a load off it gives you the opportunity to grow accordingly it's kind of like the web crawler effect um and it's actually about that network effect and how 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 effective you can put it into place which is what going to which is what's going to determine the success of your business um but it seems like you know what it is that you guys need to get right and what to look for. So it's going to be really interesting to see the growth of Metavolt and how you guys go about doing that. We'll obviously be keeping a close eye. Um, just, I think, before we, we call it or wrap it up, uh, the last thing is obviously this new product, and we haven't really spoken about it, and that's Bets. Tell us about Bets. I mean, as someone who's obviously been in the gambling industry, for a long time. It doesn't surprise me that you have this product. Uh, tell us a bit about it. Zero uh, XBets <clears throat> is a GambleFi product. So it's, um, you know, simple games like coin flip, rock, paper, scissors, and roulette. But on top of this, there will be much more things like prediction market, buying options, and other perpetual. Uh, possibilities to gamble or trade you know it's uh, difficult to diverse between gambling and trading you know for me it's the same <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the product built around this is not you know that we 
only want to utilize ourselves. So the yeah. whole infrastructure is built this way that we can white label to everyone. Everybody can implement the micro apps in their application with their own branding, with their own token utilization. And um, it's more like, you know, the first step to the DeFi hub. It's more like the case study that the people now understand what we are building. You know, this application we build, it's not like the normal D apps you see. It's like on the web two casinos where we are using the iframe technology. So it's like I can implement easy JMX interface into this. I can implement everything inside. So without that, you need to pop up a new D app or you reconnect or we approve uh, on each game, game or on each product. So it's more like one hub where you can control everything from this D app. Even as a swap aggregator, uh, it's a RPC aggregator. It's a you know gamble. If you want to coin flip, if you want to trade perpetual binary options, or what you want, you know staking. So yeah, it's quite difficult to understand at the beginning. But when people knows how Web two works, you know where it's normal that uh, in casinos or gamble gambling that you iframe external backends inside your interface with your own branding. This is what we built for DeFi. So you will have okay. everything on one hand, you know, you, you need only one D app to have everything inside. And they will not, you know, we know we will not prioritize our own pools for this because in the end there are affiliate and referral programs behind every product. So mm-hmm. even when one inch is better to aggregate, you know, one inch is paying you the positive slippage. So that will be beneficial for us. So interesting. Um, I think it's something that we we definitely would like to cover. Um, because I've been a, a bit of a, a believer and a non believer around the gamble fire aspect of things. Um, you know, in terms of blockchain and you know the, the potential for gambling. And just purely because I don't think I've really seen anybody deliver, like really deliver on the potential that 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 the gaming side of things has to offer. Um, so we'll definitely be keeping a really close eye um, on what you guys are doing. Um, and I think we might even land up writing about it because it seems like you, your experience is obviously very much set for this thing to be done correctly i mean you guys started out you know on chain probably one of the most difficult chains to actually begin with in polygon um (laughs) and i think they've got a lot of i think they've got a lot that they need to obviously come to terms with and sort out i think they'll get it right i mean there seems to be quite a lot of money on that side of things but it's it's not easy you know i think from a developer's perspective and I mean, that's the reason why you guys are doing what it is that you're doing, you know, and you, you, you're you looking elsewhere. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of guys... Let me explain yeah. this with GambleFi on DeFi, let's say on on-chain. Yes, is, please. Yeah. The user experience. So, you know, you need to RNG, randomness generation, or you need your VRF, or, you know, proof that you are not acting fraudulent, you know, as the casino itself. So, on... Normal casinos, you have a GLE 42 certification that say that your RNG generation is not fraudulent. So on DeFi, you can simply use chain VRF or let's say randomize AI or API free 
but it's cost money. You know, I cannot charge my customer two dollars for a bet when his bet is one dollar. You know, so this why most of these gamblefy casinos are not profitable or not used because each transaction costs you more than you can win from this bet. Um, also, you know, all those interactions with the D app when you want to set a bet, you know, it's a difficulty for your user itself. So when you're looking to normal casinos, let's say you have a 2.5 casino where you can simple on off ramp money with your MetaMask, but you are working with an off-chain engine. So when you compare this, I, I understand why nobody will gamble on GambleFi. You know, it's normal. So you, what you need to build first is to explain and understand what are the needed. I cannot save the world, you know, and I see even on my developers, you know, ah, that's not on-chain. Ah, Steve, ah, that's not on-chain. I say, okay, but in the end, nobody will care. And when you have a trusted partner, which can verify that the RNG is not fraudulent, why people should not trust you. This is why we built 0x RNG with Gelato, for example. Our RNG is deployed on Gelato and they're executing our VRF, but we don't need to charge like Chainlink money for this. So the cost per bet are mostly less than every other GambleFi provider. So I'm utilizing all in the market to say, okay, there are possibilities with a trusted partner to make this happen, what we need to do. Interesting. Really do look forward to seeing what that end product looks like and and how then translates, you know, in a practical sense and and what the interest will be. I mean, at the end of the day, what you're saying makes complete sense, but it's it still is very much an experiment. And it'll be great if if that transition can happen. Um because obviously up until now, what I've seen hasn't really been convincing. You know, we kind of had that little bit of a gamble fire kind of like in January and February and and there was like this whole narrative that people try to create but I wasn't convinced <laughs> that's why you never really saw much from us you know as blockmates in terms of commentary or writing it was kind of like uh, we're not convinced but I think that if anyone's going to get it right pretty sure that you guys are setting yourselves up in terms of getting it right so we'll keep we'll keep our eye on it and look forward to seeing what the result is um yeah i think steve we pretty much at the top of the hour uh thanks for your time and more importantly your insights and just all the, the layers that you guys have have put together and it's by no means a small project this um and i'm pretty sure you don't really sleep much so thanks <laughs> thanks for thanks for joining us i really do appreciate your time um and look forward to getting you back and seeing how you know, how things have grown and how things have progressed into the future. And yeah, best of luck, man. Thank you for your time. It was a pleasure. Pleasure was all mine, sir. And yeah, look forward to, to meeting again. Uh, maybe we should do a couple of spaces on Twitter as well. I think there's, there's an opportunity to do that. So I'll let you know if you're keen on doing that. We can definitely go out there and, and chat more. But we'll definitely get in touch. Take care.